0: FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Greetings, welcome inside. Hour three of the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Oh, live from the Farmers Insurance Studios. Call one eight eight Farmers to switch, and you could save on your auto insurance. What else are you going to do with your phone for the next few minutes? Look at pictures of food your friends ate again? Call one farmers That's one farmers for a quote.
5: We are farmers.
0: So uh, we're going to continue to remember Kobe Bryant. Got a special guest coming up in about 25 minutes to do that. But uh, the story of the day is... Uh, it has to do with nobody being elected to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. And, you know, quite honestly, look, we'll get to Curt Schilling coming up in a couple of seconds, Mike, but <laughs> seeing some of the names on this list that uh, didn't make it, it's really you know, once you get outside of the the steroid players who are facing uh, all the, the things they have to overcome, like Bonds and Clemens, it's really a Hall of Very Good type list. Scott Rowland, okay, you can tell the story of baseball without talking about Scott Rowland or Gary Sheffield. But there's some of the players who are on the ballot that I guarantee the average baseball fan would think, oh, they're still playing. Like Nick Swisher was on the ballot. I guarantee you the average baseball fan thinks, wait, he's not still in the outfield for the Yankees. He's not somewhere like, you know, like a fourth or fifth outfielder. He really retired. But he's not playing for the Yankees anymore. Okay, I thought he was with the Yankees. All right. gets not. One of my favorites, loud, <laughs> over the top, had a brief run in
6: Chicago. I mean, he's become a pretty good media guy. He's a good hype man. There's no question. about that sure sure hey yeah he's kind of like kenny lofton is the guy you you are still convinced is oh yeah trotting out he's like shoeless joe jackson is that him (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it's still going but like a guy like scott Rowland, there's like uh, there's a lot of measurables that say he belongs right the old. does he can you tell the story of the game without him? Well, there's a lot of guys in the hall, even if it is the one half of one percent that are in there. There's a lot of well, that guy's a Hall of Famer. Cool. When did he play? Ah, he was the ninth guy on the Yankees in the twenties. Okay, cool. <laughs> you, you know, it's, and we we look at it now and, and you know, everybody has that holier than thou sanctity thing going on when it comes to voting it's like go back and, and look at some of the guys you voted in in recent years you, you voted them in and, and there's a lot of questions about what they did to get to the Hall of Fame numbers but the guys that are the best of that we're going to keep out uh, yeah. because even without a failed test, yes, the preponderance of evidence is there, but you know, you, that you just keep pushing this down. Sammy Sosa back down to 17% again, mm-hmm. between cork bats and whatever the hell else he did. Uh, my brother and I were actually having a, a conversation earlier, you know, my guy, Mark Burley fastest working pitcher if you wanted to go to a ball game you found out when he was pitching because you're in and out of there if you've got people in your party that aren't the biggest baseball fans come on it'll be two hours we'll get I need out. a two-hour uh, game yeah we need yeah. that 11 percent for him tim hudson who was at what 222 career wins mm-hmm. he he had half that total yeah. and i was like how how? I love Mark Burley. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and, and, and perfect game and, and all that's so that. That's great. But it's like he was – Worth twice as many votes as Tim Hudson, like mm-hmm. 200 yeah. wins is something most we're we're hardly gonna see that again, right? 300 is just insane. <laughs> I don't know. It was just an interesting vote, uh, and it's always good to see guys. I know Bob Nightingale had a big uh, article of why he voted for Latroy Hawkins. You know, to make sure he got that one vote, not that it's going to keep Uh him on the ballot, but, you know, kind of that heartwarming story. And it ties back to Patrick Mahomes and all that, which is always fun. But it's just the idea that, you know, this this is a whole generation of guys. And for many of them, it's one shot on the ballot and then they go off into baseball history.
0: Look, and I get it. And and my thing is never, you know, uh, uh, with a voter. If you you cover the game for that long, you you obviously have earned that right to vote to for the Hall of Fame. But what what always gets me is that if you think a guy's a Hall of Famer even for the steroids, right? Whether it's it's if you think Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer with all the steroids, then you vote for him for the Hall of Fame. If you don't think he's a Hall of Famer because of steroids, then don't vote for him for the Hall of Fame. I respect that. What really gets me is that the voters who decide I'm going to hold my vote as ransom where I Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer, but I really don't like the steroids, so I'm not going to vote for him for a few years. Well, well hang on a second. I mean, it, that's not your job. Your job, is the guy a guy Hall of Fame or not? You, Your belief, that should never change. Your vote as to whether a guy is a Hall of Famer should never change. And after a couple of years with a guy, we have a pretty good idea whether a guy's a Hall of Fame or not. But he's getting closer. and closer. Oh, now the guy's a Hall of Fame. So the other nine years, nobody wanted to put him in, but the tenth year he gets in, so now he's a Hall of Famer? That's my always been my issue with the voting, is that people change their votes because as well I haven't voted for him or it's a down year so I can vote for him this year no you're either hall of fame you're not there's years where you don't have hall of famers there's years we don't have hall of famers I get that that doesn't look good for major league baseball but like I said it's the hall of fame it's not the hall of very good or the hall of I can vote this guy in now because I kind of can because it fits into my schedule that's the one thing I always take away going I wish that was done a little bit better
6: well, and that's the hardest part of all of it, right? We, we always have the eye test of, is this guy a Hall of Famer or not? And if we have to spend too much time going, well, then, then he probably isn't, right? And I know everybody wants to use my guy, Harold Baines, as the example. Tough. He's in. Should he be? Well, he fell <laughs> short of the milestone, so probably not, right? Just shy of 3,000 hits, just shy of 400 home runs, those big milestone numbers. But he gets in because you have committees and, and those that change and their qualifications change and go. But I, I agree with you if, if suddenly there's that rush to vote down the down the road, right? Larry Walker getting in. Love watching Larry Walker play. But it shouldn't be on his last ballot that suddenly it's like, all right, let's push him over. Or as we're, we're watching things unfold today, I had MLB network on and, and Bob Costas comes on and he espouses this potential theory that, that guys have worked together uh, in the voting uh, population to say, well, you know what, we're, since we have the holdover and it's going to be Jeter's year. What we'll have next year is the rogues gallery of Schilling and Bonds and Clemens, because there's no obvious first ballot. I mean, the only guy that stands out is David Ortiz, which if he gets in on a first ballot, it exposes just how fraudulent all these guys are. And they're voting time and time again. But to say, well, these guys don't belong on the same stage with Jeter. Like, that he should have his own, Ted Simmons, and and I forget who else goes in 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 the class, uh, Walker. uh, Yeah, Larry Walker goes in. Right? So, those two plus Ted Simmons. uh, And it's like, if if that's the the way you're going to play this, I mean, that's just asinine. On a whole other level that you're conspiring saying, well, well, withhold those last 16 votes that Schilling needed to get in because we don't want him going in on the same weekend as Jeter. We want it to be a happy love fest and he's polarizing and Bonds is polarizing and Clemens is mm. polarizing. And, and that's the nonsense we're doing here. It, it's in the end. It's a museum. Right? It's a museum for people to go through and celebrate the game. And you know what? If you walk through the artifacts, you've got all three of those guys I have no doubt are represented therein unless their stuff has been rotated out as they do cuz they've got so much memorabilia memorabilia in the bowels of that institution. So maybe they're not there for the moment, but I can damn well tell you when I visited years ago when I used to go up and living in upstate New York, a lot of Pete Rose stuff in there, even if he's never going to get a plaque on the wall. So you're still celebrating baseball and that's the bottom line and the sanctimonious finger wagging of guys that helped, you know, fuel the game while guys were looking like He-Man figures. That now have the, you know, the don't upset the sanctity of the game by putting these guys in. Uh, they make me sick.
0: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Farmers Insurance Studios. Now, you mentioned Kurt Schilling, and Schilling is the name that everybody is talking about because he was the closest, got over 70% of the vote, and did not get in. In fact, he's so upset he's not getting in, he wants to pull his name from consideration next year, his final year on the ballot. Now, why is Kurt Schilling not a Hall of Famer? Do his politics have a lot to do with it? Yeah, they do. And and Kurt Schilling is someone who this is what he is upset about, that because I think differently or say different things, I am being punished and I'm not being a Hall of Famer. Now let's examine Kurt Schilling for a second, okay? And and, and understand why what he wants is not something that is feasible or is fair. All right. Now, Schilling, for the longest time, he's been very polarizing with his his political beliefs. Now, he went so far as to have a positive tweet about the insurrection. So... Me personally, I'm done with Kurt Schilling after that, completely done. I mean, he had some things in his past as well. He tries to walk away from it. He says things. But when you tweet support for the for the riders of the Capitol, I'm done. All right. And if that's what makes you done in in Major League Baseball voting for Kurt Schilling, that's what makes you done. And if he wants to say I'm being kept out because of my politics, right, I'm being kept out because of my politics, I'm being punished, because of my politics, right? And, uh, you know, has been that's been a very uh, popular uh, uh, a phrase uh, the last few weeks for Gina Carano, who may or may not be replaced in The Mandalorian because of what she has been saying, tweeting out about the election, that that it was fixed and all of these things. And, and a very popular phrase is, you're punishing me for having a different thought than everybody else. Okay, first of all everybody's got to understand what freedom is, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Freedom is, you can say what you want and you're not imprisoned for it. I mean, we say this on the show all the time. You can say what you want, you don't go to prison. That's what freedom is. What people want is they want freedom from responsibility. I want to be able to say whatever I want to and have people not react to it. And that's just not freedom. And that's not how the world works. You can say what you want to say, but you know what? I get to say what I want to say, too. And you know what? Other people get to say what they want to say. And if other people want to do things and not vote for you for the Hall of Fame, well, guess what? That's their right to do it. So if you're going to say that, oh, I'm being punished, you're not being punished. You're being treated fairly. You are just not being put in the Hall of Fame. You're not being put in prison. That's the one thing. And there's a difference when you want to say, well, my messaging is different. It's one thing to me if you say, "Hey, Democrats are crazy because they think this tax plan is going to work and it's not." And I know the Republican tax plan works. If you're a Republican, you say, "I know how we're going to save school systems." The Democrat plan is completely off base, and I don't get it, and they, and they don't understand what's going on. That's di- that's a difference of opinion. That's where if you have a separate thought, you have a separate thought. But when you want to when you want to talk about things like that, like insurrection and 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 fixing the election, things that are tearing at the fabric of the United States, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't don't really have that sympathy for you that, oh, yeah, you're just you're just saying something that's a different point of view. You know, there, there's there's the political difference that we all have and, and and political debate and back and forth. That's the right thing. But in this type of situation, I think I think both Kurt Schilling and I think Gina Carano are a little bit off base with what they think the impact of their words are and what the real impact is for the rest of the world.
6: I just think when when we're coming down to this topic at hand, and I'm not getting into it. Look, man, I'm keeping it between the lines here. You want to color outside the line? I'll let you do it. Uh, I'm just gonna say, in in as it relates to the Hall of Fame, I, I guess it's let's reexamine what the charter is. If you want to make the case that his numbers aren't to the level uh, of the, the distinction, then let's have that discussion and let's compare him against all the others that are in right Mike Mussina gets in you got guys all all over the place that we we can do that both for regular season work and certainly for what Schilling did in the postseason which is what sets him apart from a lot of these guys and then I I guess it gets down to that all right what what are we talking about your on-field efforts and how you were in the clubhouse and everything else or does that other come in and sway those votes The answer is, I I don't know. Right. I mean, they do have the the clause that the NFL doesn't that, you know, the NFL just says you've got to consider only what's happening between the white lines. Well, that's not always the case either. Right. As we talk to Jason Mm -hmm. Cole, every electoral process. No, you know how you treated the media, how you treated teammates, all of those things come into play like they become part of the discussion that it's not just a stats thing. And clearly in baseball, it's not just a stats thing. And I, has that always been the case? Did that move? Is it just certain guys that there was a, I mean, 14 people didn't put in the ballots. Yeah. left I mean, blank. That, that, Which is, which is a whole other thing. I think you should lose your right to vote. You can't tell me there's not one of those guys on the ballot. Even if you go deeper in and look at the exploits of a guy like Jeff Kent, you may not like him either. But his numbers are certainly commensurate and measure up as well uh as other guys that are in at that position bill mazurowski uh and others i mean so you know to, it's just a, a difficult i don't think it's the it's as easy and i don't think it's as black and white right because some folks are just going flat out ah, on the numbers he's he's fringe OK, let's stay there for a minute and have that debate. The other uh, gets us into a whole other territory. And should you not then put anybody in until their absolute last because you have no idea what they're going to do or say for a decade or 15 years, as it were, right? Five years plus the 10 years on the ballot. I mean, it, it becomes a, a much different uh, process a, as you go through. And uh, look, every, everybody has the right to block. And eliminate these folks in their social media sphere, and to go after anything they say absolutely that's the case. I'm just wondering if putting them in for enshrinement in the Hall of fame is is really where that message gets felt. yeah, we kept this guy was a great ball player, but we kept him out for that i i, I don't I don't know that the two necessarily meet up.
0: Twitter at how about a fresca? Mike gets swollen dome. The Jason Smith show with Mike Carman live from the Farmers Insurance Studios. Call Farmers today for a quote. Uh, Coming up next, we'll have more on Kurt Schilling because the decision he made to get off the ballot just doesn't make sense when he's this close. Uh, But coming up next, hey, we continue to remember the life on the anniversary of the death of Kobe Bryant. Very special guest coming up next with us with lots of great stuff to say about Kobe. Keep it right here. Jason and Mike, this is Fox. Call 1-888-FARMERS and you could save on your auto insurance. It's better than using your phone to see if your post got any likes again. Call 1-888-FARMERS to get a quote. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum.
2: Underwritten by Farmers, circuit Fire Insurance, Exchanges, or Affiliate. Products not available in every state. Fox
0: Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Broadcasting live, as always, from the Farmers Insurance Studio. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch. You could save a bundle on your auto insurance well today was a day that made you think made you sit made you stop made you pause uh the one year anniversary of the death of kobe bryant his daughter gianna and seven others in a helicopter crash uh the ntsa uh final report is going to be due sometime in the beginning of february so we're going to get the answer as to what happened on that day and likely it's going to be a combination of weather and, and and pilot error and, you know, just sitting around today, it, it's been great to, to think about and hear some of the great stories about Kobe, some of the things that he has done uh, throughout his career and did throughout his career that maybe we didn't know about. And so there is one guy to turn to we knew we wanted to talk to tonight, and he joins us now on the hotline. Uh, you, one music, you hear this, you know exactly who it is. You can follow him on Twitter at Geeter 3 That's at Geeter 3 Chris Geeter McGee, the studio anchor and host for Spectum Sportsnet Lakers pre- post-game host. What's happening, Geets? How you doing, man?
5: My boys, how are you, man? It's been a while. I you know, guy. talking to you for these kind of reasons, but uh, you know, we always stick together, and I, you, you know I appreciate coming on, man, always.
0: Well, every time we want to talk to you, you're doing a pesky post-game show. It's after a big game we want to talk to you. No, hey. no, you got to talk to James Worthy, so it's like, oh, great,
5: thanks. I'm just grinding. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know all you got to do is tell me. I'm on my way home. I'm listening. I'll call right in.
6: Ha <laughs> All right, then, I'm just going to wear you out then. Hey, another yeah. big win. What do you got to say? Yeah, another one. <laughs>
0: LeBron was great. He, he had
6: another big yeah. game. Like he he shut
0: up that guy that was mocking him in yeah. Cleveland, um, oh and then that's
6: that, right? Yeah, <laughs> Why does Frank Geter Fogle. say the
0: same things? No, it's he's on tape. It's just another big win, <laughs> yeah. a big night for LeBron. AD was great. The bench players played great. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. That's it. And that's, <laughs> we, we taped that like three months ago, and that's what we're doing with Geter every it, time we have
5: fun. It, 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 it was so fun funny guys we were doing the show tonight and we played some sound and my lead-in was like how happy Frank Vogel is and how excited he gets to watch LeBron go off in a game like that and I just come back on camera and I'm like of course he's happy like he's, he's coaching LeBron James he just carried him to victory last night <laughs>
0: uh, you know obviously look today was all about Kobe and 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 uh it's he's never far from anybody's thoughts when it comes yeah. to the NBA. What's it been like for you being around the team and seeing and talking to everybody in the year that's gone on since since Kobe died?
5: It's just been, I mean, every range of emotion you can think of, right? I mean, it was so brutal, guys, and we had talked at that time, but just that whole first month after the passing, um, the shows, just the reminders, being at Staples, doing a couple of live shows there, And then you started to kind of get COVID hits, and then it's the bubble, and everyone's so much going on in our country. Um, And then the Lakers won a championship, you know, wearing Mamba jerseys. And just, you know, you're just reminded of him, right? Like every single show, I feel like his name is mentioned. Uh, the guy still break to a Mamba. You hear that? So he's just been a part. He's listen. He's just part of this organization, and, and he always will be. And it's funny, you know, Kuz is talking about just the Mamba mentality. It's like a badge of honor, right? Like guys that never played for the Lakers say Mamba mentality. People that in business say it. So it's just he's just he's iconic. He's still teaching us. I feel like, and he's just a part of our our daily lives. And and, and LeBron said it last night. Legends, legends never die. Right, So, you know, Kobe's spirit's going to live on forever. And Gigi and, you know, everyone who's lost that tragic day.
6: I got to think that that pops up in a lot of those pre-show meetings or as you're sitting watching games. This is the first since dot, dot, dot. And it's got a Kobe stat to it. Ugh, and things every of that night, nature man. that kind of dragged yeah. you back into that moment.
5: Well, well guys, e- even last night, right? Like, how Kobe-esque was that? LeBron's 13 points in two minutes and the, the 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 Cavs front office staff member laughing and celebrating too hard after the third quarter. If that's not channeling Kobe, I don't, I don't know what is. Right? Like, that was perfect Kobe. So you bring him up then, too. It's every night, you know?
0: Chris Geter-McGee, Lakers pre- and post-game host, Spectrum TV with us. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Farmers Insurance Studios. Um when Kobe was around the team mm-hmm. and and before he retired, you could tell that he was gonna be advancing the things in his career post career that were going to be incredible. Look, the guy won an Oscar and, and see what he was doing for women's basketball and, and all those things. Give me something that he was doing in retirement that always struck you as boy, you know, I wish more people knew he was doing this, or I wish, you know, more people were aware of of this with Kobe Bryant. <sighs>
5: I think for me, to be honest with you guys, um, and I I think people actually knew about it, at at least they they did for sure when he passed, was what he was doing for the female athlete. And I say that because as a father of two girls, as you guys know, um, it just became so much more important to me over the past 12 years. And Kobe and I had that bond, and I posted a picture today, on Instagram, actually, the last time I saw him, I did a sit-down interview with him for 30 minutes. And it was when he was getting his jerseys retired. If You guys can remember that when Durant and those guys were coming into town with the Warriors. It was like December, I think. And the last time I actually spoke to him. And Andy Bernstein, the great photographer, took a picture of us kind of walking down the hall at the Lakers facility. After we were done, we were heading out to the gym, uh, up to the, the floor. And, and we were talking about our daughters in volleyball. His oldest daughter, Natalia, is a volleyball player. And we actually met in Beijing, China, at the Olympic Games when I was announcing beach volleyball. He came to the beach volleyball venue to watch Kerry Walsh and Misty May-Trainer. And he wanted to know everything about Misty and Kerry. I mean, he was an advocate uh, for for females, not just in basketball, but volleyball and every other sport, soccer. And he would always congratulate the U.S. soccer team, and women's. And So for me, I feel like, and, and I know everyone knows about that, guys, now, but I feel like that's where a lot of my sadness comes from, just I, I think what a voice he, he would be
6: for, for young ladies out there. Well, and certainly given, given where he was headed, uh, perhaps the ownership and, and things of that nature to, to build
0: these different oh, leagues sure.
6: as, as well. Uh, for sure. A lot, a lot of debate of, uh, you know, we, we need another statue on the concourse, so let's have a, a little yeah. fun. Uh, what's the pose? Is it the fadeaway? Are... Is it a dunk? Is it... <laughs>
5: Okay, it's so funny you guys ask this. We were literally having this discussion in the newsroom tonight. A couple of my bosses, Mike Bresnan, who I work with, and we were literally having this same discussion. And I, I came to this conclusion. It's funny you say the fadeaway. I think that would be the obvious like, shot, but I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's got to be something iconic. I think it's either him after he beat the Celtics with the arm spread and the ball in his hand and the trophy. Because uh, that's so interactive with, like, the crowd. Maybe Gigi's looking out at him. I don't know. I feel like she'll be involved. And the only one other one I can think of is after he hit the game-winner against Phoenix in the playoffs to go up 3-1 at the buzzer, and he pulls the jersey kind of over his that That was always, you know, over his chest. That was always an iconic uh, visual as well. So, for me, it comes down to those two. You guys think it's a shot?
6: Well, I think that he, second one is the uh, is the right one, because then you can get Vic the Brick hanging on behind him. Yeah,
5: right? It's so <laughs> funny. You know what everybody so so I was actually going to say, it's so funny, I was actually going to say, you guys know the one of Vic the Brick in the background? Yeah. So-
0: <laughs> hey, we it's don't have enough great money minds, Vic's, baby. Hat. Vic's hat. is going to take up. That's going to be another four feet. We can't, we, we, oh. you know, I don't it's know. It's a, a lot of do do material that. cost right <laughs> there, baby. you good. You know what, I'll, I'll tell you this, Geter, because this, you know, thinking about that, what's going to be, and there's so many things about Kobe, and I love, you know, when he pulled the shirt over, you know, to show, the heart, But you know what? I keep thinking of it. I don't know if this is I don't know if it's too sad. Uh, but what what I think would go is I think of the moment when he was leaving the court after his last game and he's waving to the crowd and everybody oh. is standing waving to him. And it's just him with his hand up waving, you know, saying, by the way, I know day. that photo. You know, that, that's the one. That's the one I think is, is, is the statue is him him waving, you know, waving goodbye. Like I said, I don't know if it's too sad, it's like I'm waving goodbye, but that's what I think of because that was after that game, he scores sixty, he waves to the crowd. I have never seen Twitter like that. I mean, I, there's there's stuff that happens in in politics and crazy stuff that gets like five hundred thousand tweets. You say, Oh my goodness, everybody says five. And it was within five minutes of of the end of that game, you saw Kobe trending and two M. Was under it. I go. Oh my goodness! Two million people are tweeting about Kobe Bryant right now. That's more I than I've ever seen for any for presidential elections when people win and lose <laughs> uh, it. at uh, hundred seventy five thousand people. Yeah, two I remember million. talking
5: to you guys. Yeah, after right after that. that. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, man, like that. I'm going to use that one as one of the options. I never thought about that. It's funny you see it. I've seen that visual uh, that 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 picture, and that video so much today, so I know exactly what you're talking about. That's a great one. It, it, there is a little sadness to it, but it's also some. There's something really cool about it. Um, I'm putting that one on the list. I'm going to give you a little credit too because that is an absolute great one that I had not thought of or heard so that's pretty good I, I remember that night guys like it was yesterday I, I always told you guys I think too that's one of probably my you know favorite moments of my career just being a part of that night it felt like they Won a Game Seven championship with the Stars, and how that vibe was at Staples. I don't know if I've ever heard it like that. Uh, Maybe Robert already shot against the Kings was that loud, but just the way he walked off, the speech, the sixty walking around. I posted that photo today too, like him coming around and hugging all of us was amazing. You know what's funny? That night, guys, I, I was walking out of the arena up the ramp. Uh, to get out of Staples with my producer, Brandon Moore, and Jamie Maggio, who I worked with at the time. And we had got word that Kobe was coming back out to the court. It was probably 1 in the morning, one fifteen in the morning. And we ran back and we went to the court and there was Kobe out there with with, with Vanessa kids. And he, he's out there and he's just checking out the court and he walks around and he, and he says goodbye to everybody there. It's all the media members that covered him. And that's where I had told him, I had thanked him because a couple months prior, I brought my kids to the game, and my oldest daughter, Millie, at the time is probably eight, and she's standing with me under the basket because I knew Kobe was going to play. It was the Knicks game. I got the night off, and it was a Sunday. And he's shooting a free throw in warm-ups, and he sees me, and he realizes it's me, and he realizes that's my daughter, and he throws the ball to my daughter, Millie. She catches it. She throws him a bounce pass. He makes the free throw. And it was just one of those moments where I realized he, he did that because he knew it was my daughter. And I thanked him for it that night on the floor and i am so glad i walked back down that ramp and went to the floor because i'll never forget that moment
6: uh, that is cool stuff I, we were on air for that right we're in yeah year eight uh, of this uh unholy pairing and <laughs> we've had a lot of big moments right a lot of championship games a lot of big performances you know from all sports and i remember jason and i sitting there as he started zero for five looking at each other he's like i don't want to do this show like this this is terrible um, <laughs> if he I comes totally. out like this. And then it started to go the other way. We had editors. I'm yelling at them to get back to work to get me another highlight because they're dancing in the hallways as he's creeping <laughs> towards 60. Like It became like this rock concert in our Fox Sports radio studios. Unlike anything we've experienced, Geeter, i got to tell
5: you. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because 0 for 5, it just looked like it was going to be just, wow, an awful... Send off. And then, of course, mom. And by the way, like the screens Julius Randle was setting, I, I talked to him the night, uh, the next day, and walk off interviews. And I was like, Julius, you were laying guys out. He's like, they weren't calling anything. Because it was funny. I remember everyone was like, oh, the Jazz aren't playing defense. So not true. The Jazz were actually playing so hard. Laker guys were just leveling guys. They were setting crazy screens. Kobe was hitting sh- unbelievable shots with, with, with hands in his face, the one in front of Quinn Schneider on the bench. Um, that, that was the craziest six minutes. I've ever, I just remember looking over at media members, you know, media got people and it's supposed to stand and like cheer and, and like half of them were standing and cheering and I'm going nuts. I don't care. I'm the Laker host. I can I, I can cheer. I was <laughs> yelling, yelling at guys like Bill Platchkey, like Bill, get up right now. You're, be a human. <laughs> Orum, get up, Bill, right now. Reznahan, get off your ass. Let's go. Start cheering. I mean, I was heckling people. It was one of the great moments. Oh, I'm telling them, I'll never forget it, man.
0: You can follow him on Twitter at Geeter Three. That's at Geeter Three. Chris Geeter McGee, studio anchor and host for Spectrum Sportsnet, Lakers pre and post. Longtime friend of the show. Geets as always, man. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, we will talk soon, and I'm sure we'll be guys, talking about the Lakers' 12th or 13th win in a row.
5: Guys, you guys continue to do karate in the garage as best friends, and we will talk soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> talk to you soon. <laughs> oh man, what great stuff from Geeter right there. That those are some incredible stories about Kobe Bryant.
6: start listening.
8: Terms and conditions apply.
0: Call 1-888-Farmers and you could save on your auto insurance. It's better than using your phone to see if your post got any likes again. Call 1-888-Farmers to get a quote. We
6: are
2: farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Circle Fire Insurance exchanges are affiliate products not available in every state.
0: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon live from the Farmers Insurance Studios. Call farmers for a quote today. And uh, another day and another bit of drama as Aaron Rodgers turns and the beautiful mystery of his future is starting to become a little bit clearer. Well, at least it's clearer to us. Uh, Today, Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show uh, following his statements, following the NFC championship game that says, I don't know what the future is. I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know what it is. Uh, We'll have to see. Well, that got everybody and got everybody's attention. And, Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show today and sort of clarified it. Well, without clarifying it, does he want to be back in Green Bay? Yeah, he kind of does, but it's not really up to him.
4: I don't feel like I said anything that I hadn't said before. You know, I said it the first time I talked to the media. Just it was more a a realization, I think, uh, that my ultimately my future is, is not necessarily in my control. I don't think that there's any reason why I wouldn't be back. But look, I think there's there's not many absolutes, as you guys know, in this business. So to to make an absolute statement about something that is is not an absolute, I didn't do it, you know, and I I guess that's why I went kind of kind of nuts.
0: Yeah, a little passive-aggressive. No, I didn't do anything except say that I don't know what my future is when it's a big deal because he has a contract for next year. That's the thing why everybody's, everybody's missing. He's got a contract. This shouldn't be a conversation. He's under contract for next season, and there's options for years after that. He has a contract, so why is this a big deal? We talked last night about how Aaron Rodgers wants a trade. And, and now that's coming up, well, could he potentially be, be looking for a new contract? But what he wants to do more than any of those things, right? As much as he wants out, he, he wants to drag the front office around embarrass them and make them frantic until he decides enough time has gone by. You're going to embarrass me by drafting Jordan Love who couldn't even get on the field and you could have got me some help. You could have got the team some help. We could have maybe won the NFC Championship game. No, no. I am going to drag you around and make you panic and not know which way is up with me until I have had enough and said it's time and now we look at to what's next as far as me and my future. But that's the number one thing he wants. Now the season's over. Everybody I have everybody's sympathy because I didn't get a chance to throw a pass on fourth down and Matt LaFleur kicked the field goal. No, I have everything behind me. I'm going to drag you around and through mud and through all kinds of crazy stuff and everything until I'm, I'm done. And then I'm going to let you go. And then it's going to be okay. Now here's what I'm going to say is next. Cause I have all the leverage.
6: I got to say uh, LaFleur's game planning in two respects really failed. Right, You can be mad at him about the field goal, but then you also got to be mad at him that there's no Machiavellian play to say, okay, you want it, you got it. And then if he fails, like, look, you couldn't get it done. It's time to move on to Jordan Love. You failed. (laughs) It's time. Uh, You had your run. Congratulations on the MVP and all the bonuses that you get for different things in your contract. But clearly, I mean, this is as far as we're going to get with you. But instead, uh, kick the field goal and it leaves people wanting. Remember, again, he chose in any way you slice it the defense. Over Aaron Rodgers, uh, very very good. But th- this becomes the kneel before Zod moment for Aaron Rodgers, saying, "Ah, look how much you need me. You need to f- figure this out. Uh, and and look, it's out of my control. I mean, what do you want from me? I'm just a, a lowly quarterback and league MVP. Oh, it's brilliant. It's great theater for coming up this this off season between him and the what potentially 17 other jobs. If you believe Schefter's tweet, this is going to be mm-hmm. great." Twitter at How About a Fresca,
0: Mike at Swollen Dome. Don't forget, if you miss any of the show, our best of podcast gets put up right after our show is over on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can download it, subscribe, listen to us, rate us. We'll love you forever and ever and ever. Coming up next, a huge story out of Major League Baseball and another one out of the NFL, Fox.
5: to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond
0: Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall.
5: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.